Good morning and Merry Christmas. It's good to have you all here. If you're a guest this morning, we want to make a special welcome to you. Thank you for uh, spending your Christmas Eve here with us. Uh, my name is Chris Wright, and I'm uh, serving this month here in December to, to preach and uh, share from God's Word. Um, and uh, it's good to be with you again this morning. This month, if, uh, if you've not been with us, that's, that's, uh, that's great, but uh, this month we've been walking through some non-traditional uh, passages of Scripture that talk about uh, the birth of Christ. And we've been talking about the gift that we receive in Christ, the gift that we receive of Christ. You see, uh, Jesus, when he came to this earth, gave us many things. He gave us salvation, he gave us comfort, he gives us peace and joy and all of those things. But the greatest gift that we can receive is Jesus himself. We need to not uh, get too confused about that, that, that he himself, the person of Jesus, is the greatest gift that we can receive. Um, and so we want to celebrate that this morning as well. My guess is that uh, uh, many of you are excited about uh, this, uh, this two days here, Christmas Eve and Christmas, that uh, especially our children that are here with us are excited that uh, you're probably going to find some gifts under your tree tomorrow. Um, and that you're going to unwrap some things. I'm, I'm always excited about Christmas. I'm always anxious about what I'm going to get for Christmas. I enjoy getting Christmas gifts. Anybody else enjoy getting Christmas gifts? I do. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Uh, especially those. My wife does a good job of surprising. I'm one of those that I don't want to know until Christmas morning what I get. Some of you aren't that way. You're peekers, aren't you? Yeah, you like to sneak in your parents' closet growing up and see what you get. I was never that kid. I, I always wanted to be surprised. I always have a hard time uh, being, ex, you know, kind of showing excitement anyway, so I can't manufacture it very well. So I have to be, like, legitimately surprised. So I really have no idea what I'm getting for Christmas. My wife and my kids always do a great job of buying me gifts. But, uh, um, so I'm sure that many of you are excited about tomorrow um, and receiving all that you're going to get. But, again, let me just tell you, the greatest gift that we can receive is Jesus himself, that we get... We get to enjoy his presence. Like, uh, I mean, to enjoy the presence of Jesus in our own life is just an amazing thing. And uh, so I want to talk this morning about that. We uh, read this morning from Hebrews chapter 1, which is a kind of a non-traditional Christmas um, passage of Scripture. But it's a wonderful passage of Scripture. Um, and Because I, I, I think it has all the elements of Christmas really kind of built into it. Um, it has the gift of Jesus given by the Heavenly Father. It gives us the explanation of Jesus' relationship with God, uh, the, perfect, the perfection of the incarnation. It explains the gospel and it explains Jesus' purpose on earth as a Savior. Uh, and there's even angels in this passage of Scripture. Uh, when I read it, I always think back to uh, the story of the angels announcing to the shepherds the, uh, the announcement of Jesus' birth. Uh, when thousands of angels are filling the sky and they proclaim glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. See, the writer of Hebrews wants us to understand something uh, very basic about, uh, about Jesus. And it's, and it's this one thing, and that is that Jesus is better. He's better than everything. Uh, he's better than everything. And so, uh, in fact, uh, this is a common theme that we find in Hebrews. The word better or superior, which we found in this text, is found 13 times in the book of Hebrews. That's important for us to know that Jesus is better. So what are the things in Hebrews that it talks about that Jesus is better than? 
Well, Jesus is better than the angels. We found that right here in this passage of Scripture. Um, It says in verse 4 that after Jesus made purification of our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior or better to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So Jesus is better than the angels. I mean, as amazing as it would have been to have angels appear in the night sky to the shepherds, uh, singing glory to God, like nothing can compare to who Jesus is. Nothing can compare to that. So he's better than the angels. The passage also throughout Hebrews tells us that he's better than the prophets. He's better. In fact, there in verse 1, it says, Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. It was an important part of the Old Testament. It's an important part of the way God communicated to us throughout history. But it says that Jesus is better than the prophets. Better than the prophets. He's better than Moses. He's better than Joshua. Hebrews says that his priesthood is better than Aaron's. He's better than Abraham. He's better than the tabernacle. His new covenant is better than the old covenant because we could never fulfill it. His blood is better than the blood of bulls and goats. In the, uh, in the sacrifice, and in every way and in every turn, Jesus is better. He's better. Like, it's all throughout the pages of Hebrews. It's one thing to know this, to understand it, and to say it out loud, to say, Jesus is better. It's one thing to say that and to kind of know that, but it's a really difficult thing to live that out and to really believe it in our hearts. It's a really difficult thing to do. We could say Jesus is above all things, like he is better than all those different things and all those different people throughout history and even today. But it's difficult to believe that and live that out. There's really two problems in believing this, really two problems in believing this. The first one is this, and that is that we make ourselves better than Jesus. We make ourselves better than Jesus. Now, listen, I know that none of us are going to say that, right? No one would say, well, I think I'm better than Jesus. No one would even think that you're better than Jesus, right? None of us would say that. But the fact is, by our own actions, we demonstrate that we believe that we can be better than Jesus. It's a natural thing to do. So don't feel like uh, this is some condemnation upon you. This is a natural thing that all of us as humans do. That's what the Jews were struggling with in Hebrews. That's why the writer had to repeat it over and over and over again, is that Jesus is better. Because they fought this themselves in their own hearts and their minds. If I can just do good enough, right? That's what we tell ourselves. If I can just do good enough or be good enough, then God will approve of me. So when we say those things and we act that way and believe those things in our heart, we elevate ourselves as though we're better than Jesus. See, if we can do the right things and be all the right things, then God can approve me. Then I can be accepted. We tend to treat um, God like Santa Claus, in a way. Right? You know the the song, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. We've never really thought about the words very much. My son, actually, is the one that kind of brought this to my attention this, uh, this last week. We've been kind of messing with each other about it. But uh, the words of Santa Claus come to You better watch out. Right? You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Right? Santa Claus is coming to town. It goes on. It says um, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. 
Okay, parents, okay. Sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good. Why? For goodness sake. Be good for goodness sake. The message is, if I can be good enough, then I will get something good in exchange, right? I mean, that's the message of Santa Claus is coming to town. I've got to be good so I can get something good in exchange. I'm going to be good for goodness sake. See, God is not like that, is he? We need to be really careful that we don't confuse um, Santa Claus with um, our Heavenly Father. God is not a moralist. You understand that? God is not a moralist. He isn't waiting for you to make a mistake while you're sleeping or while you're awake. He's not waiting for that. If salvation was about your performance, then you would be in trouble. We would all be in trouble. Jesus is better than your performance. Flat out. There's, you cannot be good enough. You can't. You can try, and some of you have been trying for so long to be good enough to do all the right things, and you understand how exhausting that can be. Right? He is better than your attempts to save yourself. Yes, he he's better than that. There's no way that you can compete with Jesus. In your attempts to save yourself. He is better than anything you can do to gain an acceptance. See, that's good news, isn't it? It's great news. Hebrews says that Jesus made purification of our sins. It's not about our performance. If you have put your faith in Christ, then when God looks at you, he is not disappointed or angry. He's not. Jesus died on the cross to exchange places with us. He took on the punishment we deserved... He lived the perfect life that we could not live and died the death that we could not die. He took all the sin and shame upon himself so that when God looks at you, he sees the finished work of Jesus. That's all he sees. He sees perfection. We need to understand that we are more loved than you could ever imagine. More loved. See, when we try to perform, when we try to outdo God, we somehow try to elevate ourselves thinking, well, Jesus' sacrifice just wasn't good enough. I have to do something, right? That is not the gospel. The gospel is, I am weak. I have nothing I can do. There is nothing in my own power. Like, the only way that I can be saved, that I can be in a right relationship with God, is that Jesus does all the work. It's his righteousness. It's his perfection. So that when God looks at me, He sees Jesus, and that's all. That is good news for us. Jesus is better. The second problem, though, is that we make things better than Jesus. Our modern American culture daily entices us with temporary blessings, temporary things as if they were superior to the riches of Christ. They're not. Let me ask you these questions. Is Jesus better than material wealth? He is. He's better than those things. Is he better than the relationships that we yearn for? Absolutely, he is better than those. Is he better than our sexual freedom? Is he better than our comfort and ease? All of those things, he is better. He is better than all of those things. Jesus reminded his disciples of this often. He would tell them, seek first the kingdom of God. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Just in the Sermon on the Mount alone, 
Jesus warned of these things becoming more important. He, he listed a number of things that tend to take priority in our life that, that we think in some ways may be better. We do this by believing this in our heart, not by necessarily saying that these things are better, but we do this by the way that we live. We say that money is better, that worry is better, lust and sex, our reputation, our rights, our ego, even our serving can be better and more important than Jesus if we're not careful. See, none of those things are better than Jesus. When we understand that Jesus is better than anything this world can offer, then we, like the Apostle Paul, can boldly proclaim, I consider everything, every single thing, a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for those for whose sake I have lost all things. So we can bully when we begin to believe this in our hearts and our minds and we begin to accept these things that Jesus is better than those things. We can boldly proclaim like Paul did, like there's nothing in this world that comes close to Jesus. Jesus is better than everything. And everything else is a loss compared to that. If all that is true, then we must be careful. Hebrews chapter 2 offers us a warning. It says, therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. We must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. The writer reminds us to pay close attention to what we have heard. What is it that we've heard? We've heard the gospel. We've heard the good news of Jesus. We've heard that he is better than all things, that our performance and the things of this, world, of this world cannot compare to him. So we need to be very careful. We need to pay close attention to what we've heard, the gospel. There is a constant battle in our hearts and our minds and our flesh to drift away from the gospel. It's a constant battle. I, I struggle with it every single day. It's a constant pulling away of, of the world or my heart or my mind or my flesh or all of those things pulling away saying, well, no, you know what? Jesus is good, but he's not as good as these things. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we drift away as we're enticed by those things. And so each day we must remind ourselves that Jesus is better than anything this world can offer. You know, Christmas is a wonderful time of year. It reminds us of uh, God sending his only son to this earth, uh, born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. His birth changed uh, the trajectory of our entire lives in this world. But by the end of this next week, uh, many of your decorations will go away, right? Some of you keep them up way too long, okay? Let's just admit that, right? Some of your decorations will go away. You're going to box up the manger, right? The Christmas tree will go to the dump. And our hearts will have a tendency to drift away from the gospel. Our hearts will have a tendency to forget that the season, um, as fleeting as it was, uh, is as important as it is. It just happens. Our hearts drift. So what can we do? How can we avoid this natural drift away from believing that Jesus is better and forgetting the gospel in our lives? What can we do? Well, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 tells us 
It says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by this deceitfulness of sin. Every single day. Don't you know that this is a battle every day that you will fight? That drip, that constant drip, the world trying to entice you away, sin in your own flesh trying to entice you away from Jesus is better. It's a daily battle. The, the writer of Hebrews addresses it right away. He says it is a battle every single day until Jesus comes back. That's what he says. He says, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. When is it not called today? When Jesus comes back. So every single day you can anticipate you're going to find a drift in your own heart away from the gospel, away from Jesus is better. And so he says every single day until Jesus comes back, we need to remind each other. Otherwise, sin and the enemy will come to deceive you. Satan will come and he will whisper in your ear. He does. And some of you, um, you're feeling it even now. You can feel the whispers and you can hear them. Here's what he whispers to you. You're not good enough. You will never be good enough. You did too many bad things to be loved and accepted by God. You are not worthy to be called a son or daughter of the Father. Those are lies. They're lies. They're not truth. You can't believe those things. Those are the things that make your hearts drift away from the gospel, that drift away from knowing that Jesus, knowing and believing that Jesus is better. See, those are whispers from Satan himself. There's lies. It says it right there. It's the deceitfulness of sin. It's that deceit. It's what Satan did, right, in the garden. He came and whispered in Adam and Eve's ear that you can never, you can never amount to anything. You're, you, God doesn't love you the way that you think he does, right? Those are lies. Don't believe them. Instead, every day, remind each other of the gospel. Remind each other of the gospel. Remind each other that Jesus is better. Parents, you must remind your children often. You must. God's love for them is not dependence on their behavior. It's not dependent on their behavior. Don't give in to a moralistic version of Christianity. Okay? Now, they may disappoint you at times, but they do not disappoint God. Right? Don't give in to that deceitfulness and those lies. Remind your children often of the truth of the gospel, that God loves them so deeply, more than they could ever imagine. Remind your children often. Husbands and wives... Remind each other every day how much God loves and accepts your spouse. Remind them every single day how much God loves and accepts your spouse. That it is not earned by their performance, but only by the performance of Jesus. We need to be reminded of that, don't we? Because so much our hearts just tend to drift towards, well, I've just got to do enough. I've got to be enough. I've got to do more at work. I've got to, do, I've got to be better, 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 right? Oh, God's love and acceptance isn't dependent on your performance. So husbands and wives remind each other of that often. Friends, remind one another that Jesus is better than anything that this life could offer. And not to be deceived by the temporary things of this life. So church, you need to do that for one another. Every time you're together, every time you're with 
your friends or your family or the people around you, you need to remind each other that Jesus is better than anything in this life. Like even tomorrow. I mean, I know it's going to be fun. You're going to be around presents and lots of stuff. Like you need to, but you need to actively be reminded tomorrow that Jesus is better than all those things, right? Like I, I know how it goes, right? We buy our kids things and they love them momentarily. And then next year we can't remember where they're at, right? So or they magically disappear because the batteries are gone, whatever, right? We need to actively remind each other that Jesus is better than everything. And those things are just temporary. And they don't love you like Jesus loves you. Remind yourselves daily. Remind yourselves daily that you are in a battle against the drift of forgetfulness. And that the enemy will fight you every single day. Pay close attention to what, you have been, what you've heard and been taught. Remind yourselves every single day. Jesus is better. He's better. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will minister to our hearts today. That you remind us of this great truth that Jesus is better. That Lord, when you sent your one and only son to this earth over 2,000 years ago, you sent him. You sent Jesus. That we get to enjoy his presence. That we get to enjoy all the benefits of being part of your family. But God, we get the gift of Jesus himself. And in in that, he is better than all things. Anything that's temporary in this life, God, we understand that Jesus is better. Help our hearts believe that. God, help us not to be deceived that somehow our actions can be better than the actions of Jesus, that we're somehow better than Jesus. Remind us that it's not about our performance or what we do in your sight, that God, you accept us because of Jesus. The act that he did on the cross, the sin that he consumed on our behalf, God, that he is better. God, remind our hearts this Christmas season that Jesus is better in all things. God, I pray that you will minister our hearts and our minds today. Help us to believe, even in our unbelief. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.